Oh, y'all yelling to the mic. I'm just assuming you're already ready to go. Have you have you ever even done? Never. <laughs> it's my first time. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Of course, Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the Waterboy. We also have a couple candidates running for Republican primaries in our district for legislator, District 5. A, uh, Brandon and Hari, we'll get into it, we'll introduce them here in a minute, as we have encouraged you guys to join the club as we've been bringing a lot of content to you guys through this whole coronavirus panic and shutdown. We also, another way you guys could help us is also sharing the show, liking it, downloading the app. Sharing is currency. If, If you guys don't download the app, you're missing out on In the Bullpen. In in the bullpen is our newest baseball show, former MLB pitcher Mark Dewey, and and the guy's bringing it. The guy's freaking bringing it. I'm jonesing for baseball, and uh, I'm not even a baseball guy. Do you love baseball now? I I like what Mark Dewey does with baseball. Did you ask baseball into your heart? Uh, I'm about to. Let me tell you what I did the other day. They're playing reruns. Knox doesn't throw like a girl anymore because he's been listening to Mark Dewey. (laughs) (laughs) This show is brought to you by One Hat. (laughs) It's a software development company. Their motto is, see how I did that? All right. Save them. Uh, software craftsmanship to the glory of God. One hat <laughs> builds custom apps of all kinds, business apps, mobile apps, wo- web apps, desktop apps, even apps for small home devices. If you're in the market to have a new app developed, you should definitely check out One Hat. They also build custom websites that provide uh, custom hosting solutions of all sizes. One Hat's core values are truth, goodness, and beauty which shine forth in every app they create. They're striving to live out the lordship of Jesus Christ in the technology world. If you'd like a new mobile app or business app or website made, please visit onehat.com forward slash cross politic. And look, we we don't bring corporate sponsors to you guys just because they actually work with us. God actually works with us. Yeah, we we believe in them. We've vetted them, approved them. So there you go. You got the cross politic stamp approval on one hat. Yep. So support the people who support us. Yeah. Hey, you might have noticed we have a couple other guys in the studio with us today. Um, they, they, uh, they're, they're whoa, running. Whoa, whoa, what was that? Are you are you good? He's just clearing his throat. Yeah. <laughs> they got the virus hey, out in Santa. Grab grab the sanitizer, no. Neil. <laughs> we know who we voting for now. <laughs> Somebody might not make it. <laughs> Across from me, we have Mr. Brandon Mitchell's. Um, did I get that right? Yeah, Brandon Mitchell's uh, candidate for Idaho House District Five. Uh, seat A. Uh, both these gentlemen are running for the same seat, so this is a this is a you know drag. It's a round table. It's a round. Oh, sorry, round I table. Know. I was gonna say something more exciting than that. You know, like a I don't know throw down. Uh, WWE. That sounds good. Um, Brandon grew up in a small farm in Syracuse, Utah. Uh, raised as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter Day Saints, he believes in protecting freedom, particularly religious freedoms and the Second Amendment. Uh, his decision to run for State House District 5A comes from his desire to serve his fellow citizens and protect our way of life. He's endured many trials through his life, broken home with illicit substances present, lack of family values dominated in those early years. His grandfather uh, sheltered him uh, from his parents and taught him to work hard, mm. uh, have integrity. He married his high school sweetheart. They yeah, raised he did. A wonderful, how many kids you got? We got three. Three kids? Trace. Uh, and uh, in 2013, purchased a local business in Moscow. What business? Is we own the Jiffy Lube. The Jiffy Lube. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I frequent his business. Made Moscow his home. Uh, and being a small business owner, owner has prepared him uh, for this next step in his life. 
Um, I was just thinking that this interview would have gone probably very differently if Jiffy Lube was a corporate sponsor, but we can keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was just, well, I was just thinking. Just thinking about it, that. Yeah. My car would run a lot differently. <laughs> Next to me, uh, Hari Heath is also running for the same uh, Idaho House District 5 seat A. Uh, he's from rural north Idaho. He's been an Idaho logger for a third of a century. Wow. Uh, co-founder of Small Loggers Council, uh, originally formed to restart the Forest Service Small Salvage Program. Uh, he's a co-author of the 20, uh, 2006 Idaho Judicial Accountability Act, an initiative which did not get enough signatures to make it onto the ballot, uh, but it was a way of trying to create a permanent citizen's grand jury to review judicial misconduct allegations. Ooh. Hari started the Brushfire News in 1997, a small self-publishing effort as an alternative press, which soon merged into the Idaho Observer. Is that still going? No, that okay. ended in 2009. But you are a woodworker still? Um, a woodworker, I do all kinds of wood crafts. Yeah. Uh, I run a sawmill. Bow making? Bow making, primitive bow making. Yeah. Wow. A, a forge? Do you have all your fingers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Hari lives in Santa, Idaho, and seeks to be active in Idaho's great future because he is also a grandparent. Uh, uh, how, how many grandkids do you have? Uh, eight. Okay. Step grandkids, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, um, he is the current chairman for the Benoit County Republican Liberty Caucus. Well, we're not real active right now, okay. but I'm the state committeeman for the Benoit County Republican Central Committee. Very good. Okay. Uh, Brandon, Hari, thanks for being on Cross yeah, Politics. Thank you, yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for being willing to come on. Um, you obviously don't know anything about our show. Because <laughs> you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've watched your show several times. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> oh boy. Wow, oh, wow. So um, uh, start with you, Brandon. Um, why are you running for office? So I, uh, my wife and I started thinking about this actually several years ago, um, running for a public office yeah. and because uh, we want to serve the, co- the community that we love so much. And uh, as I continued to look forward as, as uh, when we found out that, uh, that Gosling was, was dropping out and yeah. not, not running again, we decided this is a good time to step in yeah. and actually run and, uh, and keep that seat a Republican seat. Are there particular things you're thinking of that you really want to make an impact in? Um, well, I think that cutting a lot of the regulations for like small businesses for the farming community and stuff, I think that's a big, a big deal. Okay. Um, as I've talked to several people around the area, there's just too many regulations that, that hold, hold the businessman back from actually succeeding and growing and, and, okay. uh, and creating more jobs. Okay. All right. Um, why are you, why, why are you running for office? Well, I've been part of a team of the Liberty conservative movement, um, throughout the state for some time, probably before it was even directly involved in government. And I'm looking to join that team in the legislature. We, we've been moving more people in there because basically that's, that's the starting point of law and government. And by becoming, joining with, we're, say, roughly 20% of the legislature right now. Okay. Um, give or take how you want to measure anybody. Maybe we're 30, 40%. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to join that team. I want to do... Brandon and I really have a lot of common goals and ideas. Um, somehow we're opponents. <laughs> I'm not so sure how, how to, that can work out, um, being, being opposed to each other when we're not really in opposition. But I yeah. Sure, but our, our job is to create division here, so we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. We'll get there. Don't worry. You're a secret operative for the Democratic Party. <laughs> Are there any particular areas that you think I can make an impact here? Well, in reality, if I am elected, I am 0.95% of the legislature, not king. So, therefore, right. 
I will give my input and my effort, but I'm, I've spent a lot of time studying law and, and trying to get them legally to behave, and that, of course, is why I helped write the Judicial Accountability Act. Um, I've studied a lot of subjects, and I, basically, let's get government small. Let's read the Constitution for a change. Um, <laughs> let's follow what it's supposed to be. Let's get rid of, you know, I, I applaud, you know, Brandon's getting rid of regulations, but how about some agencies? How many things, Article 4, Section 20 of our Constitution says there's supposed to be 20 departments of the executive branch. Look at the Idaho Blue Book. I wrote an article about it once. Just the name and address of agencies was a page and a half mm. in a newspaper. So you're saying there's over 20, they're disobeying. They're a little over 20. <laughs> by, Just a little. By several decimal points. Yeah. So how, yeah. how are they getting away with that if that's illegal? Well, the Constitution doesn't enforce itself, I guess is the best yeah. answer. Yeah. Representatives have to enforce it. It has to be. It, it was a command of the legislature that, that was a, an amendment to the Constitution in, I'll say, the early 80s. I don't remember the exact So it's date. actually a constitutional requirement Article for the executive branch to have less than 20 agencies. Article 4, Section 20. Interesting. They were commanded by a certain date in the 80s to have hmm. brought themselves down into that structure. So um, this brings me – I'm running for county commissioner in Latah County. And one of the things – The show's not about you guys. I know. I know. It's not about me. But, but, <laughs> but it's about vote to be me. about But vote for me. <laughs> hey, you got Thank a platform. You. Use it. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, and one of the things I've been thinking about is is it, it's over I, – I don't know the history of all this, but you know, all the authority goes down to Boise here in Idaho, or a majority of the authority. And it seems like one of the ways that that happens is we collect our local taxes, or actually the state collects our taxes here in Latah County, and then redistributes it back to us. Now, we do collect some, some of the taxes, do stay local and don't even go up there. But it seems to me the better way to do this would be for Latah County to collect all taxes and then kick a percentage up to the state. You know, Benoit, same thing. And that would, I think, drastically change how we view Boise and the power structure, because whoever has the money is really going to well, have Well, it changes have the, the power, power structure. It, it, yeah. If they start doing something we don't like, it's like, well, we'll just it's take like, that back then. Forget it. You know? and, and so it seems like, you know, how do you guys think is, is running for legislator, like actually returning power back to the local areas, local counties, local cities, and so forth? Because as legislator, the tendency is you guys are going to want the power. That's just it, natural. How you want you you get in a position and you you want all the decision making process and everything. How do you fight against that urge and push authority back to Lake well, County? I'll just throw that out to you well, guys. There's there's one area that I do like it to be from the state, and that's our firearms law. We have a preemption law in uh, Title 18, Section 3302J, that prohibits a local jurisdiction from making a firearms law that's more restrictive than state law. So on some things, it's good to have the state be the the top answer and there's some some issues with like cell phone use was a similar thing but when it comes to your money when it comes to your choices when it comes to your control local first yeah it, you know we got to look at government in layers not only the divisions of separation of power but in layers and stratums and certain things belong in certain layers and certain belongs you know we want the federal government to deal with external affairs to our nation right that's good yeah that's what that's why they were created but we don't want a federal government that's meddling in our state, in our education system, in our everything else. We want to change that. So, right. so yes, and, and 
And one, of the, I'll, I'll throw you a little idea because it's it's a, actually a thought grenade that uh, Jason Monks, Representative Monks, threw out this year. It's it's House Bill three fifty nine. Okay. It didn't go anywhere, but it was meant there to think about something. And, and I've been thinking about it. it's one of the things I would like to study more, develop, and perhaps push legislatively. Is it basically ends the first plank of the Communist Manifesto? Do you guys know what that is? And the first plank. I- I don't. The I can't con- remember the first point. The conversion of all private property to a system of public rents for the support of government, mm-hmm. your property tax. Right. And you, as a commissioner, are largely going to be functioning a county on property tax. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially the first plank of the Communist Manifesto. Right. And because if we don't pay our rent to you, the county, mm-hmm. then we lose our property. Right. So we don't really own property. So what this does is it ends all property tax. Yep. And it raises the sales tax. Now he's proposing ending all property tax and raising it to from our 6% up to 11%. That's a 5% of the sales tax yep. would then go to the counties. Now it's, a, it's not a well-developed, he's done a lot of good things as a right. thought bomb, but how does that get to you? And, and like your idea, well, hey, we we bring the money here. We we keep all eleven percent here, and we send you six percent. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. But then you got to look at it too. Is you're not just a county commissioner. You've got a library district and a school district and a sewer district and a water district and a, and a fire district and, and all these other divisions, all these little stratums of government right. that you would be responsible for as a commissioner. So how does that funding formula get all of those things to be? properly dealt with, right. given back to you, or held by you and, and properly dispersed, how is that going to work? Right. And of course, it, it's got some constitutional changes, like what good is a county assessor if you're not having to assess property and collect tax? Yeah. So that's yeah. a constitutional office you have to deal oh, with. Right. Oh, good. That, those are good thoughts. Brandon? You know, something that, I, that uh, Gabe just said that I thought, uh, uh, as he was talking about keeping the taxes here local, I think you would have more community involvement in that if they know that their money isn't going right to, right. to Boise first yep. and then coming back to us in certain amounts. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a key to think about as well when you're talking about taxes and stuff is keeping them local is, would get more community involvement. Now, that, that would require like legislative change. So uh-huh. me as county commissioner, I couldn't say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Actually, Correct. legislators would have to vote on this and say, hey, we want this process. County collect taxes and they pass it up to us. How do you go about proposing that, getting that happening well, I think the first thing that you got to start with is you got to get education out to the to the legislatures and say, okay, this is what this is what our people want. This is what uh, what will help our communities out, our local communities, and that's kind of what we're running for is right. to help our community here out and what they are what they're wanting. Right. And so you got to get that education out to the other legislatures and then put together a bill or something and say, that's how we that's how we work it. It's not that hard to figure it out once you put everything down on paper and then people can start looking at it and saying, okay. One of the things we asked Bill Gosling when he was running previously had to do with um, funding for public schools in particular. So um, I don't send my kids to public school. Um, ultimately, I wish that they didn't exist. I wish they would just be privatized. But in the short term, the main thing that I would love to see is my representatives um, allowing me not to pay for something I'm not using. Right. So right now I'm paying two tuitions. Right. I agree. I, I, my, my property taxes go and pay for local public schools that I don't use. And then I'm paying a second tuition for the private school that I send my kids to, right. which just seems 
bad <laughs> uh, and unfair and unjust. Right. Um, and I would love to have a representative um, running interference for those of us who have opted out of the public school system. I, at, the, at the moment, like, okay, if you want to do the public school thing, great, then pay for it. You know, you're, you're using it, so you pay for it. Um, or people want to freely, you know, um, give in there, that'd be fine. But would you be willing to run interference for people like me who are not using the public school system. So I homeschooled my daughter yeah. um, up until this last year, and she wanted to do a charter school, so we put her in Moscow Charter School. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think uh, K through 12, I think that we need to have that option because there's a lot of parents that want to put them in different schools, but then they're looking, well, I'm paying for this school. Why not use it? Right. And, and I think, you know, I look at, at schools kind of like I look at a business. Right. If you're successful in teaching the kids the right values and, and teaching things the right things, you're going to get more students coming in. Right. And so mm-hmm. I believe let them compete. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's, that's my thought, too, is, yeah, let them compete yeah. and then let, them, you know, let people pay for what they want. I mean, the free market tends to make people better. Yeah. It, you, you have to compete. Yeah, but right, right now we have kind of a semi-socialist deal. I mean, you're talking about the Communist Manifesto. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the tenets. Government well, schools the, yeah. is one of the tenets. The, the, the tenth blank is the communist manifest. Yeah. Yeah. Education is the tenth blank. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys been watching it all, kind of Heather Scott and what she's been doing at, at District 1, is it? Yeah. District 1A? Yeah. I think she's where she's at. Have you guys, so right now, speaking of how to help people who are local, if you go downtown and look at our streets, it's empty. They're empty. Uh, mm-hmm. The businesses right now are, I, I'm, I'm getting emails and texts saying, hey, guys, could we go and support this business because... Right now, if they don't get any business, they're going to shut down. Right. Uh, we have a lovely downtown. Yeah. We have a lovely area. How, right now, Heather Scott is telling she had came out with six things that you can do to push back against the federal, state, I'm sorry, yeah. local <laughs> uh, against government. <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Um, it, would you support? What, one of the things she said was just go back to work, just go back to work and and do your thing. Stop, and, stop, stop asking. asking the government if it, you're essential or not, right. and just function in your freedom. Are you guys kind of willing to, if you were in that position, if you were a representative for this district, would you guys be willing to say the same thing? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I would. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys? See, we're, we're, we're let let we're me answer one that. thing back to education for a minute, because there is an, an option. It was in 2019. It's on hold because there's a Supreme Court decision that may affect it. But um, Ron Mendive out of Coeur d'Alene proposed it. It's the Educational Savings Account. It's House Bill 253 mm-hmm. from 2019 and what it does it's really well written and anybody that wants to really dig into it read it it's really well written and basically what it does is it creates a third-party contractor to run the finances of it and if you wanted to send your child to say probably even to Logos school or to a you know a charter school is a public school so you would still be in the public system but if you want to pull your child out of the public system it's basically you get this account, which is 90% of what the state would give to the, the public school system for your child being in there. You know, they get a per capita. Yeah. Yep. And, and so yep. you would get 90% of that in account. You would choose where you send your daughter to, and, and you would, it, could be, it could be homeschool. It, it's an account that you spend only on educational yep. things. It could be. Yeah, that's that's still a step in the right direction. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I like it, the way it, it's moving, it but I don't be. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's yeah. a third-party contractor that runs the the finances. Sure, the state's a third party it, for me. The, yes, <laughs> and we just put it, it a third party. It's third party ESA parents yeah. who become a board that reviews the qualifications for the educational providers that decide whether or not that's school or is a legit entity. I mean, that it, the funds it could just be. Towards, yeah. I want to 
I want to do this online course. It doesn't have to, you could have 50 yeah. different online courses you send. The only thing you want to avoid is having the government basically slowly getting their hooks into <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The, them saying, well, you don't teach evolution, so therefore it's not a quality There's education or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, well, the ESA parents would, would control yeah. that decision, and the ESA parents would be the ones that decide that. And if you read the bill, it doesn't have those kind of strings. And part of what's – I don't understand the exact detail of the Supreme Court case that's holding up on it, but – we can't give state money directly to a religious school. Right. But this gives it to then a get out of education. Party. Just get out of education, yeah. period. Just <laughs> get out of my pocket, get out of yeah. education, yeah. and let me make the educational decisions. Well, but, and, and but Moscow see, High is a religious school. Is it puts, uh, it's an it puts the That's, money into this fund, which then puts it in your pocket, and you get to choose. So he's, but, he's saying and, if it's a and, third party, it's truly independent yeah, of the state, you then they can, can give the money to whoever they want. Including Logos School, right. for example, right. yeah. is 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 yeah. the yeah. interpretation at this point. We're still doing back loops with my wallet, though. We're going to be doing back loops with your wallet, no matter what. You, <laughs> but what I you like do. what you said earlier, uh, which is like, we, let's just get them out. Period. And and it does. It saves ten percent. On oh well, thank on you. It, on you know because it's only ninety percent. <laughs> if yeah. if you're pulling out of the public school, it saves ten percent. If you're already in public, it's school, a better option. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. What you're it's saying. An, it's I, an I, improvement. I see. I see what you're saying. No, I want to go back to your question though. Our downtown, and Brandon, you were about to say something a minute ago about um, how you've been thinking about this. So, our business has taken a hit. Yeah, you guys are right downtown too. Yeah, you have local business. Yeah, and I've got I've got six locations, and we're down sixty percent across the board. Yeah, Mm. it's it's painful, and so my biggest concern is our 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 employees and and what they're going through. Mm. My concern about this whole uh, the whole coronavirus thing that's going on is is the aftermath after they say, okay, we've got a solution, it's all taken care of, let's go back to work. Yeah, how many people are going to be depressed about they've lost their jobs or they don't have income for whatever the reason? And so that's my biggest worry. So I, I'm all about let's get things going back again. We need to get uh, get things moving. Was again. is it, Governor Brad Little's uh, order? I guess it's technically the state health um, general order, but he's he's the one rolling it out. Is it constitutional? I, I don't think it meets the constitution. No, not, not the constitution not? of Idaho. I think that, uh, that there's limits. I don't think that uh, I'm a firm believer in keeping things local and, yeah. and closer to home because. Here in Latah County, we don't have the same problems that they're having in Boise with this. Yeah. Um, and and sure, Boise's not even really having a problem right, with it. But. Right, and then you look at you look at Washington State. Well, Seattle's having a massive outbreak, where Whitman County's only got a couple of, uh, of yeah, right. cases. Right. So I, I don't think that you can throw a, a blanket across the whole state and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing as a state," mm-hmm. because they're they're pockets. Of areas and those pockets need to be the as, areas a, need to as a small business owner, someone who's concerned about your own employees and your community. Um, what are you doing right now to push back against something that you see as unconstitutional? Yeah. So um, the only thing that we're really doing, we're staying open. We're an essential business. They call us an essential business. Mm. Um, and so we're staying open, and I'm keeping my employees working as many hours as I possibly can to take care of the cars that are out there. Okay. So we're doing a lot of, uh, um, a lot of advertising to those essential businesses and saying, hey, we're here to take care of your car and, and try and help out. So pushing back, we're, just, we're staying open and, and trying to do the business. That needs trying to, to fight done. through it. Yeah. Harry, what um, what's your take on the governor's order? Is it constitutional? Well, first of all, it, it's based upon information that is not accurate and not complete, and and that's good. No, it's not constitutional. Um, what does he point to? What regulation, uh, resolution, uh, whatever? What what does he point to to say I, I have the authority to do this? I haven't read it, and I don't think that he points to anything, and. I don't know that he has the power okay. to do this. Is there is there grounds for declaring a state of emergency? I, 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 let's let's and uh, 
grant for a second. I, I actually tend to agree with you. The data is bad, mm-hmm. but let's let's grant for a second that the data was good. Okay, is does he have a right to to shut everything down and make this distinction between essential and non-essential? In order for me to answer that question accurately, I'd have to read and find that okay. right, and yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Know that's fair. That there no, that's is. fine. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen pointed out is that just even the distinction between essential and non-essential is um, actually um, a very difficult um, line to draw. What do you mean non-essential? And so what you have is then the government is essentially, in a sense, making an arbitrary distinction between Mm -hmm. what they think is essential or Mm -hmm. non-essential, which is not really constitutional. Um, It is is a kind of um, um, – they're – my brain's not working yet. <laughs> well, well it's the, the, they're, they're making a, um, um, a distinction. What's the word um, I'm, I'm looking for? The, the, a distinction without difference. No, but it's... Um, <laughs> Don't let Gabe help. Um, no, you're it's, not going to make it worse. It's, but it's prejudice is, is basically what you mm, end up with. You, discriminate? You, you, discriminate. Yeah. That's Thank the you. word. I just had to hear prejudice, what? and I was like, oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was trying to feed you. I was trying <laughs> to feed you. Yeah. But that's what they're doing, though. They're discriminating yeah. between certain kinds of work. Yeah. And the, the, govern, the, the Constitution requires there to be a very clear um, uh, delineation of this is... Um, th- this, this limitation of your constitutional rights is being done because it, it connects directly to um, a threat or a, whatever a, a clear and present threat. Yeah. And it also has to be one that's um, uniformly or evenly applied. You can't apply it to different people in different ways. Yeah. And maybe the, one of the worst offenders in all this is, is many states um, defining uh, churches, uh, for example, and the gathering for, uh, for worship as a non-essential thing. Um, which is an entirely prejudiced. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, Amazon our, can stay open; our, they're essential. Yeah, and, and a church service is not. So, I, I was so when we talked to Heather Scott, one of the things that Gabe asked her was, "What do you do now?" Because right now we're in it; we can't really change a whole lot. We can't. They're out until next January before they have. Uh, yeah, let, let legislators. You guys, the only way you guys can convene is if if Brad you're, Little you're, oh, yeah, in session, uh, calls a special session, yeah. Yeah. or the legislators or, all convene down in Boise, meet right. down in Boise, and call your own session. A, a, cor- yeah. a quorum, okay. a quorum, yeah. Yeah. Right. call yeah. a ad hoc meeting. Right. right. Yeah. So, but that's not going to happen. We're already in it. So if you if you win and you get into to this, what is the thing you can set up now? Looking forward in 2021. in 2021, that can maybe put it so that you're not 50, 60 percent <laughs> in a situation that isn't, you know, proven to be as dire. So how can you put regulations or things in place to push back again next January, next basically. January okay. to prevent yeah. this from you, happening again? Right. You have to, first of all, we operate on a system of laws and we have to make the laws. And Brandon or I, whichever prevail, would be part of making those laws. We're we're dealing with a legislature which is not always great people. We're we're working to improve the quantity of good people that do the right thing there. That's uh-huh. part of my mission, anyways. And, and so, there's a lot of law that's got a lot of unclarity, and that's that's kind of one of my missions legislatively is is to fix those clarities. We've got some voting unclarities, and and this district is this county is particularly bad with the university yeah. because there's constitutional definitions of what residency is that's fairly, mm, fairly solid, very yeah. solid. And this county actually, Republican Party put a resolution out to try and get this fixed. And of course, it didn't happen this so year. Explain how that works, because that's important. When you say that voting and what residency is, why is that important? Your, your 
ability to be an elector, one who's eligible to cast a vote, is dependent upon your residency in a locus, in a, in a venue, in a place. Yeah. And so you have to be a resident somewhere to be eligible to vote. And if you are a student, you know, the Constitution provides for, if, you know, like if you're a, a sailor at sea mm-hmm. or the military or, sure. or a student, your home is still where you're from. Now, if you wish to be, if you came from East Idaho and came to the U of I and decided you're going to live here or you want to change, you want to move here, you can do that. That's right. a choice. Yeah. But just because you're here doesn't mean that you are a resident here if, if you still have some element of residency from where you came from. So you can have somebody who's, a, who's here for a semester or two and vote something in and then be gone and or, then they don't right. have to live the consequences they, of their vote. They could do the whole four years here and they're not actually a resident, resident because constitutionally the residency is where they came from. But statutorily, we have this very ambiguous thing that doesn't define that clearly, and the statute is what the county clerk operates on, right. and the county clerk has to operate on statute, and so that's an unclarity that needs to be fixed. Mm. And, and the problem is, is legislators are kind of risk-averse to changing how voting happens, because let's say legislator one, they got in based off these curtain, certain standards, and they don't want to change those standards next go-around because it could affect their electability. <laughs> yeah. Right, I mean, so it's a it's a hard thing to change. And you know, it's interesting because I sat in. They had the uh, legislators come down um, to Moscow and actually do a roundtable. And I sat in on that. And one of the legislators from down in uh, in Lewiston said that he actually had one of his students lose his uh, scholarship because he voted and changed his residency there instead of residency at home. Ugh. And so it's kind of interesting that 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 kind of information is not getting out to right. the students. Right. Because that was a big deal to him. Right. I know that I ha- I played a, a pretty big part in trying to get uh, get that put into law about the voting because of the voting that happened here in Moscow. What were you trying to get into law? Uh, we were trying to get them to go back to the Constitution where it, it is very <laughs> specific that if you're a student, you're supposed to be voting where you live, not right. where you're going to school, but where you live. And the, the Constitution is very open about that and, and very specific but about But the statutory it. regulations are not. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Brandon, um, I got I got I'm going to punch a little bit here. Okay. Bo- both of both <laughs> you. I got, I got a question for each of you. Okay. Um, so I have no problem uh, voting for a Mormon. I'd be glad to do it, but you're Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to ask you, how does that impact um, your, um, how would that, imp- how does that impact your business practices now? How would that impact your service as a representative? So um, to, to answer that, I want to go back into what my business actually is, because my business name is Jiffy Lou, but my actual business name on the books is Candura Corporation. Okay. And when we decided about what kind of a, what kind of a name we wanted to go with, we thought to ourselves, okay, so what represents integrity? What it represents yeah. honesty? And and we came up with candor. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we Uh-oh. looked at. Oh. When no. <laughs> <laughs> everyone coughs right now, it's like a drive-by happens. Get down. Get down. <laughs> and then we looked at, at my wife and I. We do a lot of genealogy work, and and we go back to Dutch um, Dutch pasts. Yep. Hmm. And and Candura is candor yep. in Dutch, and that's where we came up with the name. And so, um, being raised LDS, I have uh, um, well being raised a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. I got to get that straight, yeah. um, so that people understand we we follow Jesus Christ, we follow His principles, we follow His morals. We uh, we believe in being honest and, and having integrity. We also believe in in uh, in protecting other religions too. It, it, yeah, we. I'm a firm believer in that in protecting other religions, and I don't yeah. you know religions don't bother me. I think that it's important that we have God back in our life. Yeah. Do you understand that there's a difference between um, traditional, the tr- traditional Christian church Orthodox Christianity and, and Mormonism? Yeah. Do you understand the differences mm-hmm. between those two? I, I've, I've learned a lot of the differences. I mean, I don't understand them in depth, yeah. um, but, but I've learned a lot of the differences. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, 
I, I've actually had employees that didn't know a whole lot about the the um, our church. Yeah. Um, that have come up and asked me some really oddball questions, and I'm like, no, that's not true. Right. <laughs> but, because sure. there's a lot of misconception on both sides. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is I see um, the prophet of our church, our our president, President Nelson. Yeah. He goes out and visits with a lot of other um, religions, and and they really have some really great. Um, working together to try and help the communities out. Yeah. And I think that's important that, that churches are, are a big part of the communities. So one of the, um, uh, I think, challenges that is going on is that Mormons over the years have begun to equate themselves more and more as Christians. And Joseph Smith, actually, when he started the religion, he said that Christians were apostate and basically children of Satan. So he was he was saying uh, you know Christians have left the faith left the true way and and then that's where the Mormon theology was kind of born out of Joseph Smith and being the prophet and so forth and so what is but what's happened over the years is that Mormons are going back and claiming that no we're we're Christians too but um, founding is very different uh, and and then doctrinally there's large distinctions between Mormons and Christians that are actually defining things very differently that really do create, actually, we are two different religions. I, so, I, I think in function, I think in function, there's a lot of practical things that we, we, we'd agree, we with. agree on, yeah. which is, again, I'd go back to if, if a Mormon man is, you know, um, fears God and is going to, um, you know, tell the truth and be a man of integrity and so on, I, there's a decent chance I'll vote for him. Right. Uh, so I don't have any problem with that. I think the concern, though, does come with there's, – there's theological issues. I think practically, though, you do have – you had historically a concern that with an active prophet um, that can tell you apparently what, you know, what God's saying now, um, th- there was historically concerns in the United States about what, you know, what, what's he going to come out with next year right. and how is that going to change, whereas historically the, the Christian – the Orthodox Christian faith said the Bible, 66 books, Genesis to Revelation, that's the – It's a closed book. That's a final word yeah. from God in, right. in Jesus and it's not going to change. Now, there's differences of interpretation, of course, and that, right. that's exciting. <laughs> right. but, but there's a difference between that and saying, but there might be another book coming out next year. So, so let, I want to step back just a little bit because I want to answer that, but I also want to talk uh, about what Gabe said because yeah. we, uh, um, it's kind of interesting. This year we're actually celebrating um, the 200 years since Joseph Smith's first vision. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when I read, because uh, I've read all of, they've, they've retranscribed all of his journals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I've read those, it, it hasn't been that he's came out and said that the, these others are sinners or, or whatnot. When he, during his first vision, he was told that none of them are fully correct, that this is the correct one. And, this mm. is, and that's when he translated the Book of Mormon. Mm. Um, and the Book of Mormon, when you read it and you compare it with the Bible, it's, it's just another testament of Jesus Christ. It has nothing. It, it doesn't try to take away from the Bible at all. We study both the King James Version by, of the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Um, and so that's kind of one of, the, I think, one of the misconceptions that I, that I hear a lot is, is that he said they were all, all bad. Well, no, he said they weren't all full. They were, they were wrong because they weren't all full yeah. back in that day with all the revival that was going on. And so that's kind of what I take from, from the history that I've read and learned about Joseph Smith. But it's it, always been about Christ, and we've always followed Christ. But we'll, we'll get over to Hari here in a second. Yeah. But, um, uh, but when Second Nephi says that um, all that I do through works, I'm saved, and then by grace, uh, the Galatians, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse uh, 
Eight and nine is very clear that we're saved by works through faith. No, no by faith. No. Saved by faith through works. <laughs> See, now you're acting no, Mormon. No, no, no. no, no. no, no. Now no. I'm acting Mormon. Saved by grace. So, so, so second Nephi says, you know, I do, my, I do the best I can, and then I hope grace kind of fills in the cracks. And Ephesians says, I'm saved by grace, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. The Christian religion is very clear that it's grace-led, and, and Mormonism is very clear that, that works have a huge part to play in how we're saved. Well, we're, so we're, there are contradictions between Mormonism and, and the Scriptures. Right, and, and that might go back to the interpretation, too, because quite frankly, the way I look at it is, is Christ came and died for all of us. He, he, Amen. He was on the, cro- on the cross for all of us. And, and we're asked to be like Christ, to follow Christ. And yep. so that's what we look at is we're asked to be like him, and that's the works that we look at is to serve others, to be there for others, to, to take care of others. But, but the issue, is, the issue is, is what Christ. So you have in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, Isaiah actually says this like a number of times in, from chapter 42 all the way to like chapter 50. He, he repeats this line again and again. He says, Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. And the Mormons believe that there was gods before Jesus, that there was gods before God, that there was gods before. But, but Isaiah is very clear. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Okay. And so I, I, I can't answer that because I don't know how that interprets in your, in, in your view. Um, we believe that there's one God, God the Father. And then we believe that his son Jesus Christ died for us mm-hmm. on this earth. And he atoned for our sins because none of us are perfect. Right, We're but there's all. a council of gods. So there's more, more, God, more than just one God in the Mormon religion. There's actually a council of gods that created the world. So when we read that, the gods that we're looking at is we're looking at God the Father, Jesus Christ, yeah. and, and, uh, um, and, the, uh, um, and the angel, one of the angels that Adam basically helped create the earth when it was time. Yeah, right. see, that, and then Adam came to the earth to, to be the first man. Yeah, right. see, that would be outside of orthodoxy. That would be, be non-Christian. What, what the Bible teaches. Right. So that's, that's why I think the distinction is, is trying to be made very clear. Now, again, this is voting. I think there's a lot of things like practically that Pastor Toby is saying that we can absolutely push towards and agree with. Um, but that's outside of Christian orthodoxy. Right. So that would be, that would be a separation between us orth- and orthodox. So we wouldn't consider Mormons Christians. Right. right. But, and, so. and, and the fundamental reason would be because um, we, the reason why we want to insist on the doctrine of the Trinity so that Jesus is, is – the eternal son, not a created son, had no being, um, is because um, in order for us to be reconciled to God, God himself is the only one who can actually reconcile us to himself. There's no right. other no other intermediary being could actually bring us to God. Only God himself, because he's infinite. He's, he's the only one that can bring a finite person to himself. Right. And so if Jesus is anything less than one with the Father, as he says he is, right. um, then, we, he, he, then we have to make up the difference somehow, right. and, then, and then we're lost. Which we can't, um, yeah. I want to get to, I want to get to Hari. Um, I got, I got um, theological questions for you. Hari's turn. So I think if I understood you right, when I, when I met you, you said that you're growing pot in Washington. Well, if you use pot as a, a catch-all, um, it's not. It's, we grew hemp. Okay. All right. So are you are you growing are you growing marijuana for it to be used as a as a smoking agent to, for people to get stoned? <laughs> no. Well, <clears throat> you would die of coughing without coronavirus before you could get stoned on what we grew. Basically, it's hemp. Um, it's it's under the Washington Hemp Program. Yeah. It, we qualified underneath the point three percent. Your commercial grade marijuana is like sixteen to thirty percent THC, and we're okay. like. 
0.3. So what is your head being used for? We, well, right now it's, it's, the hemp crop nationally was a giant failure this year. Mm. Um, basically, I guess I can run a few simple numbers. There was a 900% increase in production on the farming end and a 10% increase on the production or the processing end. Mm. And so 40 to 50% of the hemp planted never got harvested this year. Mm -hmm. um, 90% of the hemp in Washington State has not been sold, mm -hmm. including ours, although we have... We've kind of shifted ours off to somebody else who's connected with the processor. We're, it's in process of being harvested. Well, it's already hanging and dry, but to be manufactured so the processor can make it. We're for growing, what? Manufactured for we're, what? We're growing a Jesus. CBD variety hemp that will ha be extracted for the CBD mm. qualities as opposed to a fiber or a seed crop. The oil, the oil qualities? The oil, well... When people say oil, that means a lot of different things because the seeds are like 60% oil. It's a very nutritious seed. We didn't grow a seed crop. Mm -hmm. In fact, we, we grew it just like you grow it just like marijuana, but the genetics are completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a natural part of the genetics. When you grow for high THC, which when we went to the prohibition area, everybody wanted more of that because that's the big buck thing. Yeah. The, the CBD gets pushed down to next to nothing. When you grow for high CBD, the THC gets pushed down. It's a natural genetic process of the plant. So that's what we grew is you grow it in the same manner, except that it's perfectly legal and we can grow it by the acre instead of all the... So the, so the brother can't have a hemp lab? What are you, what are you trying to well, say? My, my, <laughs> my concern, though, is... I, well, I didn't... I, I mean, I, that's helpful. Some of those distinctions are helpful. But I, I... So number one, in principle, I don't think that the government should be regulating what anybody grows. So I, I'm, I'm fine with... I'm, I think the government should be out of that. And I also... And I think that yeah. um, it, it, in principle, um, shouldn't be illegal. At the same time, um, I do have concerns, though, with um, the, the legalization process has been fully a, a matter of um, basically mm. let's get everybody stuck. A stumped. giant friggin' mess? A mess. Mm. A, and, a and, giant but, friggin' disaster? And, and the thing is, is – A big mistake, Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, which is why – so again, I can – this may seem like it's intention, but if there's a ballot measure next week to legalize it all here in Idaho, I'm going to vote against it. Legalize hemp or marijuana? Well, it depends on what's going on. Because, uh, because like, if it's Hari's hemp, I'd be they aren't. It's well, not being used for his purpose. I might be more willing to vote for that. Well, I don't, I don't know what that. I'm still a little bit con yeah. confused about what that is. But my point being is, I don't want to help people get more stupid. I, I Too late. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if you ask me to vote, if you ask me to vote, I'm still not going to vote to help you give like, give you a little bit more rope length to hang yourself with. Right. I, if I like, you don't know how to use this, you're gonna you're just gonna screw yourself with this. Yeah. You just want to get high. I, I, yeah. I, I I'm not gonna. I don't want to help people do that right, right now. I just don't think that's loving my neighbor. Even if I think in principle, yeah, the government should be involved in any of that. Yeah. I, I'm 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 lean libertarian on that topic. Can right. you move but, that towards any substance though? That kind of thinking. Can you move that towards any substance? Well, well, Drinking. Let, let, yeah. let me tell you why the answer is no. Um, you can cure cancer with THC marijuana. The Rick Simpson oil, for example, is about a 90, 95% extract of THC. And people use that under a regimen and have cured cancer for decades with it. Um, there's a useful side, even to the THC side. Um, of course. I'm not, I'm not an advocate. For, I, I'm certainly not an advocate for the recreational side. But in a truly medicinal setting... There's a lot of benefits I, to I THC. I know those benefits. And yeah. I don't have and any problem next, with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, what, uh, but I, I, what, tell me the health benefit of methamphetamine. Yeah. I don't, I don't think... Well, we just haven't studied it yeah. enough. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's actually true. The, the, yeah. You know, the, the other 
more dangerous drugs that we're dealing with, you know, the, the opioids and the meth and, yeah, and crack and, and all that stuff, yeah. And the yeah. pharmaceuticals, can we just say pharmaceuticals are right in there with terrible they dangerous They can stuff? be, sure, yeah. of course. Yeah. Mix in a little alcohol. I mean, I've done security work and stuff, and the worst drug I've come up against is alcohol. Ooh. And dealing with people, mm. so you know it's it's abuse. It's how do people abuse things? Now, Harry, where do you go to church in Santa? I am not a member of any church. I've been to a few different churches. I just simply believe in God as an absolute, and Christ is the light of our time. His his incarnation, shall we? You know, mm-hmm. yep. he's the light of our time. So, so if if you believe in that, um, Psalms. Hebrews, the scripture is very clear. If you believe in Jesus, the light of the world, that you you want not only should you go to church and be with the saints, but you 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 want to be there with the saints. And David, again and again, scripture says, "Man, I I'm in the house of God. I'm with God's people. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to lead people to God's house and worship." Uh, and then in Hebrews it says, "Do not forsake the assembly of of the brethren." Um, why are you forsaking it? Well. Here we are. We prayed before this started. <laughs> I'm talking Sunday. So specifically, yeah. we're to, uh, the verses I was referencing were this ain't a temple. Talking. I mean, it's holy in here, but yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but the Bible's the Bible specific. The scripture verses I referenced were specifically talking about worship with God's people on the Lord's Day, and and that's you know part of the Judaic tradition, and and that's great, and, and churches are awesome, and and what really matters for me is the spirit side of it, and and I have just I met. Many people, miracles happen. People are transformed. They've, got, they've been in some horrible place, and, and that's brought them through. They could be little small miracles, just little things that work right when people pray. You but know. the Spirit doesn't contradict God's Word when it says it Spirit and in truth. That it, means you should want to be at church. Like what is, I mean, a real practical one, I mean, in, in Hebrews 13, it says that you're to obey those over you in the Lord, who, especially those who teach you the Word. So it's talking about pastors and elders. And, and it says that and it, you, you ought to do that in a way that makes it an easy job for them because they have to give an account for you. And you ought to, the to, Lord. And you ought yeah. to follow their, the outcome of their life. And so one of the questions I ask people sometimes is, okay, so um, who, which elders are you under so you can obey them? Just God himself. Right, but but he, and that's good, you know. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I and I always I always prefer that to nobody. But it also says that there are you are to be following the example of particular men who have been ordained by God to teach His Word. Mm-hmm. He says, obey them and follow the outcome of their lives. So, which elders, pastors, are you obeying, and which ones are you following their example? It says to do that. <laughs> I don't have one. And yeah. I'm not involved yeah. in a particular church. Yeah. Um, I just, I've met so many people, you know, that have been, and, and those, there are people that have been transformed because of those elders, mentors, people, somewhere, something along the road that brought them from the precipice of drugs or some yeah. other major sure. calamity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, we all, we all, so many people have some sad story and, mm-hmm. and it's the redemption. It's that process where a miracle happened, a, a connection happened because yeah. God is an absolute, absolute singularity. One of the things historically in America that is actually the, the root of the whole idea of separation of powers and checks and balances has been the idea that God has established multiple authorities in the world that are legitimate authorities. Right. So the family is a legitimate authority. The, 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 the head of the household is a legitimate authority to provide and protect his family. 
And then you also have the, the jurisdiction of the church. And the church is, got, you know, is established by Jesus. He's the foundation stone. The apostles and prophets are the foundation. And then that's been passed down to elders down through the centuries who are obedient to God's word and preaching and teaching the word and administering the sacraments. And then you also have civil magistrates. But, there, but historically, that's actually the root of the idea of checks and balances and is this idea of different spheres of authority. And sometimes, of course, they bonk into another and they overlap in some respects. And that has to get worked out then in the details. You know, you're, you're a family man. You own a business. You've got to provide for people and you've got to provide for your family. And you've got this instruction coming down from magistrates. And, you, well, how do, you know, what do I do there? Right. Um, but that's part of actually the root. That's, and that's, it's not just um, – I don't want to be just pedantic about a random verse in Hebrews. Part of the concern about it is also the practical outworkings is I think one of the ways in which we've, uh, we've actually invited an, an encroaching state – <laughs> and an overreaching government is because other governments have actually let go of what their rightful authority is. Yeah, proper government. And, and what happens is, you know, and I think this happens in family with, you know, and you have families, men falling down on the job, not providing for their families. And when the family then doesn't reach in or the church doesn't reach in to help, who comes along? But Uncle Sam, yeah. I'll write you a check. You know, and, and we're trying to push back against him when really we should have been acting yeah, a particular way the whole time. When, when authorities abdicate. And don't take the responsibility that God given, God's given them. It's inviting other authorities to step in and say, "Hey, I got a solution. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pass a two trillion dollar, you know, stimulus package." Yeah. And two point four. And you know, um, and, but I think that's that's part of my concern in this is is that it's there's actually practical ramifications. And I think when Christians say, um, you know, I'm just I'm just kind of my, you know, I, I I got a relationship with God. And I'm just kind of on my own. I mean, I, I understand that, and again, I, I appreciate that more than nothing. But at the same time, Jesus established the church in the world as an institution, which has failings and has flaws and all the rest of it. But that's part of the balance that God established in the world to push back against states. I mean, that's I mean, you go back to the history of the last two thousand years. I mean, there's been a lot of that going on between church and state, and there's a reason for that. And it's messy, and it, there's been problems on both sides. But that um, that's actually been part of. Um, uh, uh, balancing out. Um, I mean, back in the day, it was just you know, if you're king, you're king, right? You're tyrant, right? Well, uh, I think I'll jump in a little bit. Go ju- for it. Just yeah. to kind of, uh, I don't want to say anything. Uh, everything you said was true, and, and the, it was the Christian foundation of our founders and the understanding of those kind of things. But I think a big part of why they created what we have as a constitutional republic is because of their understanding of the failings of man yes. and, and the shortcomings of man mm-hmm. yeah. and our, and our, our tendency to, to our lesser desires, yes. greed, power, etc. And so our separation of powers, while I don't want to, to you know, take away from what you had said about... No, it's, it's connected powers, to that too. You're absolutely right. Our separation of powers is because, you know... If let's just pretend both of us become the legislature, you know, and you're the governor, you know, and, and you run the you two of the Supreme Court. Well, this is all broken I mean, down, okay, because <laughs> you don't want to put all of that power in, in sure, the failings exactly of right. a human yeah. being. Amen. And, and so mm-hmm. the power to legislate is left with Brandon and I, mm-hmm. and, and you get to sit there, Mr. Commissioner or Governor or whatever, yeah. and, and, and administer that power, and you guys sit around and decide whether we're doing a good job or not, yeah. Yeah. either mm-hmm. either side of us. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the separation of powers. They knew the human failings yes. that human beings would have, and so they built this. Not only is it a separation of powers between the, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, but it's the stratums yeah. you know, fr- from where your sewer 
garbage goes, to where your water goes, to whether your library, to how yep. your county is run, how your city is run, to how your state is run. And, and how your federal government is run. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't, we're, you know, yeah, we're, we're on the let's same stop page. There definitely. And never have a yeah. have yeah. a global government. But when's when's the primary? Uh, May nineteenth, I think it is. Is it still, are we still, no. yeah, still on say, for May nineteenth? Absentee how, how, voting. It is absentee voting. So people need to need to order in their absentee ballots. So you got to so go to idahovotes.com. Yep. I believe or idahovotes.gov. And when does it have to be postmarked by? I wish I would. It has to be postmarked by, I believe, May 19th. I think it is. Okay. Wow. Is that, is that All right. Okay. And so everyone has to go to the website. You can actually either vote there on the website if you have your driver's license, or you can download a ballot and mail it in if, if you don't have all the proper documentation for can the I website. Can clarify this giant confusion slightly because it's still going to be confused? Please, yeah. Um, basically, the primary would have been on May 19th, and there's a same-day voting law that they have to comply with our same day registration law yep. so they kind of have to keep that as a open date mm-hmm. but they wanted time for when you can actually pick up your you can't in 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 one hour or you know in one day you can't just get your absentee and mail it in and have it be all done although potentially that's a ca- uh, could be the case where we you have to get your ballot and get it in by the 19th yep. but in this case your ballot has so far has to be in by June second. They've extended the oh. actual delivery of the ballot has to get to your county clerk by eight PM June second. As of this day, because Wisconsin just had a case yep. that is is lending confusion because they they extended their thing but they only had a, a week mm-hmm. for the for the election to to happen, right. they pushed it back two weeks, and the Supreme Court has said, "No, you can't." This U.S. Supreme Court, so it right. potentially applies to us. Interesting, even in the primaries. But we're is a primary. That was a primary. And, yeah. and, and but we have pushed it way far ahead. We have a lot more time. The issue is that in the seven days or whatever, people don't have it together in Wisconsin to figure out how to get an absolute yeah. ballot. Right. We're we're maybe ahead of the curve enough that that's not an issue. And and technically, with the clerks, that's a big mess because they've. Printing right now is a major issue, yeah. and so they've probably already printed the, all their envelopes to do all this. Paper is going to toilet paper right now. Well. So, so there's bigger <laughs> demand there. Brandon, what's the uh, website not, not that we so can? Sure about that. What's the website that if we want to check out more detail about your campaign? Where could we look that up? So at? I haven't got my website totally up and uh, up and running yet. Uh, Facebook. Um, I've got Facebook uh, Mitchell for Idaho. Mitchell for Idaho uh, on Facebook. Mitchell M I T C H E L. Two L's. Two L's. Don't ever trust Gabe's spelling. And Hari. HariHeath.com, H-A-R-I-H-E-H-T-H-E-A-T-H.com. All right. Heath. Okay. All right. And hey, thank you guys for both joining the show with us. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you being here. It. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming. Wish you the best. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week. Oh, actually, until what are we doing? Tomorrow? No, uh, Friday. Keep, Friday. Keep tuning yeah. to Facebook. Love God yeah. with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. <laughs> Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. And join the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. Get the app. And in the bullpen with Mark Dewey. So good. You want to hear that. This is Cross Politic.